This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show on tap for you. Before we welcome our guests, though, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. This helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. With us back on the program is Shay Haddow, author of the book, She the Confident and owner of Alpha Girl Confidence. Shay, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Marcus. Excited to be back. Well, we're glad that you're here. And today's topic on the show is going to be confidence. And, you know, the last time we had you on the program, we really didn't get an opportunity to talk about your book. And I wanted to bring you back on so that we could talk about the book. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into our subject matter for today. Um, Obviously, we have a lot of players out there that deal with confidence issues uh, one point or another, uh, depending upon they're co- maybe coming into a new situation where maybe they're not the top dog anymore and they're playing against more skilled, uh, more talented players than themselves. So we deal with some issues here and there. What tips would you have for our youth players that maybe lack that self-confidence on and off the field? Yeah, I love that you said off the field too, because that's, you know, just as important or even more important in my opinion. And and yeah, like you said, it, it is a very common, you know, issue, especially for girls in that, you know, preteen, a lot of things are changing. And so I would say the first thing is to, is to just be aware and acknowledge that you are struggling with your confidence a little bit. Cause I know when I was that age and I talked to a lot of girls where it's like, it's almost like denial mode. Like it's, it's something that they're embarrassed of or ashamed of. And that absolutely should not be the case. So first off, acknowledge that, you know, you, you need a little bit of help or acknowledge that it's something that you're struggling with. And then from there, it's, it's just about learning more about why, why you're not feeling confident, what fears are present. And then from there is like, start, start immersing yourself in, you know, podcasts like this, start immersing yourself in, in books and podcasts and surrounding yourself with, with positive content that can help you to start thinking about confidence differently and start thinking about mindset differently and really, you know, taking more priority over your mental game. Cause so much of, of it's focused on, you know, just getting out and, and getting more training and, and getting more skill work. But a lot of the time, if, if your mindset isn't right, and if your confidence isn't right, then there's always going to be a block. There's always going to be something stopping you from really pushing through and busting through those blocks. If you're not working on your mental game. You bring up such a great point of surrounding yourself with positive things. And I think that even goes with positive people as well. Absolutely. Especially as teenagers, right? Like out of, out of parents, um, you know, like friends, everything. It's like the peers, the, the, the friends are what have the most influence over teenagers. And so it's so important. Like I talk about that a lot, kind of the social aspect of it, but it really is like you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So really take a look at who are you spending your time with? Are they gossiping? Are they draining you? Are they energizing you? Are they making you, you know, feel like, like, like you're on top of the world? It's really important to kind of take a, an assessment of, of your external environment as well as your internal environment. A lot of players overthink things when it comes to being in a match. What advice would you have to them? Number one, you're not alone. <laughs> we, we all over, we all overthink. And it's so funny because 
Like I'll talk to girls and they, they think they're the only ones that overthink. Right. But I'm like, look around you. Like everyone else is kind of thinking the same thing. So when it comes to overthinking, what I've learned that, that has worked for a lot of girls is they overthink in games whenever, you know, they make a mistake. They're, they're either thinking about past mistakes or they're thinking about the future and they're not focused on the present. And when you're not focused on the present, it's like, you're not really there. Like Physically, you're there, but mentally, you're not there. So one kind of strategy or practice that I've had girls adopt that has helped them is to develop a post-game routine. So the reason why this helps is because then instead of thinking about, oh, I should have done this, oh, I could have done this better in the moment in the game, you can instead be like, hey, I'm going to do this later. I'm going to do this in my post-game routine. And it's kind of like a a post-game journaling where you're thinking of, hey, what are the things I did well? What are the things I didn't do as well as I wanted? And how can I get better on it next time? So that way it's like, I can stay focused on the game and I will, you know, think about the game and what I can do better afterwards. So that's one, one like specific strategy I found that's very useful. I've always told my children who have competed in, in sports through their entire youth and even into college is the art of being able to put things in compartments and put them away until the appropriate time to take them out of the compartment and then deal with them. And during the middle of, for my son, a swim meet or in the middle of a soccer match is not the time to be analyzing what I did wrong and how I need to improve. You just, yeah. you have to be able to take that thing, put it in its own little box, not yeah. forget about it, but deal with it later when the time is right. And you make such a great point about that. And it always reminds me of that Snickers commercial where, you know, you're not yourself. And when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're competing, you're not yourself to an extent, you may not necessarily be in the best frame of mind to deal with that kind of stuff. So, you know, put it in that compartment have yourself a Snickers and deal with go. it later. And then you're more yourself. Would you agree? I totally agree. And yeah, it's, it's, and it's one thing it's like, stop overthinking. Like me telling you to stop overthinking, you're just going to keep overthinking. So it's like, you're, you're, it's going to take practice. It's going to take practice learning like, Hey, I'm going to shelf this for later. And I'm going to not worry about it later, but I'm going to you know, handle it later and work on it later. But for right now, just, just play the game right? But that takes practice. So realize that as you're going through this and as you're thinking about this, that the first time you try it, it's, you're still probably going to overthink, but the more you get used to like, Hey, I'm going to do deal with this later, the easier it'll become to kind of put that into, you know, compartments. Like you said, a lot of players, uh, have a big fear of making mistakes, whether it be in a training session, whether it be in a match, talk to us about players that let that fear of failure hold them back. Yes, I would. That's definitely the biggest fear. And a lot of it stems from a fear of judgment, a fear of what coach is going to think of what my teammates are going to think my parents are going to think. But yeah, fear of mistakes is huge. Fear of failure is huge. And what I see specifically with with players that do that, and I'll speak about my experience first, is I I completely just held back in games. I was terrified, terrified of making mistakes because I didn't want to have the the, uh, you know, coach yell at me and, and make, you know, bench me. And I didn't want to have the conversation with my dad afterwards, which always happened. So instead of going out there and just playing, I was always stuck in my head. I was, you know, not going into tackles hard. I was not making the difficult pass. I wasn't 
doing the move. I wasn't taking players on. And, and what happened for me is like, I just completely fell out of love with the game because instead of playing soccer, I was like, just playing a game of, Hey, let's try to not mess up. So number one, I stopped loving the game. I stopped having fun. I almost quit because of it. And number two, it's like, I didn't help my team out any, like I was just out there on the field to not make mistakes. I wasn't playing to help the team. So it can hold you back in your soccer career. Absolutely. From your full potential, but even thinking off the field, like I see it with adults, even all the time, it's like so many people fear, you know, making mistakes. So they don't go, go for that job or they don't go try that new thing. It's like the fear of failure, I think is what holds most people back from their full potential in life. And so you know, when you are trying to get over that, it's realizing what those fears are while, why they're there and then hitting them head on. Like the only way to, well, one of the only ways to get over those fears of making mistakes is to go out and make mistakes. Cause right now the fear is like this big monster, right? It's like this big, scary thing that we try to avoid. And the more you avoid it, the bigger that fear grows. But as soon as you start doing that thing and chipping into it a little bit, you're like, okay, yeah, that maybe didn't go super great, but now I know that I can do it. I'm proud of myself for at least trying. And now that fear starts to shrink. And so the more you actually face that fear head on, the smaller the fear will get. And then eventually it won't become a fear anymore. And you'll have these new fears to deal with, right? There's always new fears. There's always new comfort zones to explore, but you really like have to hit that hit fear head on, or it will continue to be a block in your life. What's ironic is when we fear to do things and we, we play out that scenario in our head, the worst case scenario. Yes. And sometimes when we play it safe, when we try not to make the mistakes, that worst case scenario kind of ends up happening. So, you know, you're caught between that. It's like, gosh, if I would have just realized that I would have played with no fear and yep. it couldn't, couldn't have gone any worse. Cause I think you mentioned in your book about that fact where, you know, you, you saw that when, when you were playing that way, obviously you lost the love of the game. You lost, um, uh, uh, playing time, you, you know, so many things happened to you and it was all playing out that way. And, you know, you were thought you were doing what was best was trying to play it safe. And it just didn't work out that way. Exactly. It's like the thing that you're so worried about, you're so worried about making a mistake, the more worried you are about making a mistake, probably the more you're going to make, right. Or it's like, you're not, you're not helping your team out at all. So it's like where, where you put your focus, like that's usually what's going to happen. So it really is just like, go out, make the mistakes. Most coaches want you to make the mistakes and it's not. And here's a big thing that I want the players to understand is it's not about the mistake. It's about how you respond to the mistake. It's about how you respond to the mistake. Every but single person, the best players in the world are making mistakes, but they're not sitting there sulking, you know, getting down on themselves after they make a mistake. No, they're, they're getting the ball back. They're fixing their body language. They're, they're responding to the, mis the mistake in a way that, you know, allows them to keep playing and allows them to, to keep, you know, impacting the game. Uh, here's an interesting question and I want to get your take on it. If you are a player on a team and you have some players that are, you know, you see them having issues when it comes to self-confidence, what can you do to be a good teammate 
to that person having those self-confidence issues? That's a, I love this question um, because I think every single person could, could maybe find someone on their team that they feel is struggling with this. And I, I did a podcast a while back with soccer girl probs. And I'm sure some of your, your girls, uh, girl players know who they are. And we were talking about this and we were just talking about how like the simplest thing, the easiest way to be a good teammate is when, when a teammate makes a mistake is instead of criticizing them and berating them for making a mistake, it's like, can you just go up to them, give them a pat on the back, say it's all good. Like next time. Right. So it's just about doing, doing the little things and doing what you would want your teammates to do. So if you made a mistake, would you want your teammates to come up and say, Hey, it's all good. Right. You probably would. So it's, it's really about, if you see a teammate struggling, maybe every time they, they make a mistake, or even if they just try something and they, and they, whether they fail or not, it's just like going up to them and saying, Hey, I see you trying like good stuff. Like I like it. Um, so I think that's really important, um, because I think a lot of times we're also focused in on, on what other people are thinking of us and we're all like in our own little world, but can you then, instead of being just stuck in your world, like look, look out for your teammates and encourage them because not only is it going to help them, but it's going to help you as well. I think one thing too, and, and you brought it up is being specific with, your thoughts on the situation to help lift them up as opposed to, because I know sometimes I get frustrated in, in, in having sometimes when I make a mistake that, Oh, don't worry. It'll be okay. It'll be awful. You know, that kind of just that pander, so to speak. And, and uh, you know, I like how you said, I, I see what you were doing there. I like that. And then you can even provide feedback at a later time, um, like, you know, we had mentioned before about putting something in a compartment. Maybe you go back to that, you know, your teammate later and say, you know, I saw what you were doing there. Maybe next time you can maybe look at this and then, you know, whatever that is, yeah. being mm -hmm. constructive and being mindful, I think is a good word of your, uh, your comments to your teammate when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And it can even be like after the game, maybe you see your teammates hanging in their head. Maybe they had a tough game and it's just, you go up to them and, and you tell them like, yeah, I know how you feel. And, and, you know, I want you to think of, and maybe you tell your teammate a couple of good things that they did. Cause when you're in that state of mind, it's like, you can only think of the negative. So maybe it's just going up to your teammate, letting them know you're there for them and, and mentioning some things they did well on the field. Talk to us a little bit about your book. She, the confident. Yeah. So it's, it's been just over two years since it was published and for me, it's, it's really, it's a really strategic book, really actionable book where the first part is more about the mindset. It's more about, you know, the, the, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And then it gets into like really specific confidence strategies that you can use on the field before games and just like in your, in your daily life with school, all that kind of stuff. But after each chapter, there's action steps. So, so you'll read, you'll learn about it. But then for me, it's really important that you don't just learn about it, but that you actually go and you try these things and you put this and apply this into your life. So there's action steps for each strategy after each chapter so that it can really like stick and, and take a hold. Um, and then the, the last kind of the third part of the book, how I see it is more of like the, the life skills, as far as, you know, leadership goes, habit formation, motivation, kind of those things that yes, are going to definitely help you become a better athlete, but will also help you, you know, stay motivated with schoolwork and, and learn how to be a good leader and in, in your team and in your classwork and kind of all that stuff. 
And this doesn't happen overnight, does it? No, it doesn't. But it's like, there's a, there's a poster behind me. It says real change and during change happens one step at a time. And so that's really important when you're, when you're thinking about confidence and I mean, anything, but really with confidence, it's not like this tangible thing where you can see, Hey, I got more juggles, right? That's a tangible thing. You can see if you're improving where confidence it's, it's, it's more vague. It's like, sometimes you feel great. Another day you might not feel great. And it's kind of this, a little bit of a roller coaster, but if you can just continue to work on it every day and take one small step forward every single day, then I promise you, you're going to start feeling more confident over time. And then with that is realizing there, in my opinion, there is no finish line with working on the mental game with confidence. Like for me, even I, I continue to work on it every day. Cause I know that there's no finish line. I know the more I work on it, the better I'm going to be for myself and for the girls I work with. So realize that there's no finish line. It's just about enjoying the journey. It's about taking one, one small step every single day. And of course you always have setbacks too. Um, yeah. you know, you may have a, a bad match or, or something, you know, tragic may happen in your life that may set you back, but you keep striving to, to move forward. Where can folks get yeah. a copy of your book? She, the confident. Yeah. On Amazon, you can find, if you just type in, um, she, the confident and Amazon, if you Google it, it'll show up on Amazon too. Um, but we got the paperback and then the, the Kindle as well for those that, that like reading a digital copy. Excellent. Uh, Shay is a wonderful follow on social media. Where can folks find you on social media and your website? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shay Haddo. So just my name. Um, and then website is alpharealconfidence.com. Awesome. You want to tell folks a little bit more what they can find on your website? Yeah. So on the website, you can find, so you can find the podcast, you can find the book, you can find different programs that we offer. The biggest one we have is called the Alpha Real Collective. It's, it's our group coaching program. And then you can also find, you know, free resources like my Facebook group where you can kind of, that's for, for parents specifically on how you can help, you know, support your child and building confidence. So a bunch of free resources, program information, all that good stuff. Awesome. Shay Haddow, author of the book, She the Confident and owner of Alpha Girl Confidence. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Marcus. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.